You're listening to the Promise Church's message of the week. We hope you enjoy this teaching by Pastor Chris Donald. For more information about who we are, please visit us at thepromisechurch.com. So I grew up in Woodland. Um, I was supposed to be here. I was praying for no snow because I love church, but all of you church people were praying for snow. At least some of you. I heard that yes back there. And because uh, I wanted to be here with you guys last week. And so it kind of messed up my plan to, to be able to do a two-part series with you guys. But we have technology now. And so you can go back and you can listen to a message entitled, The Original Call Never Changed. And I would really encourage you to do that. I'm going to be here with you guys. And we're going to be uh, going on a journey of, of winning this city to Jesus. I mean, that's why we're here, right? And so I came in specifically to focus on prayer outreach, and discipleship, okay? Prayer, outreach, and discipleship. Now, when I say focus on it, I'm not going to be teaching Bible classes about it. I'm not going to be having small groups where we sit around with 15 Christians and talk about it. We're not going to be doing uh, word studies on it. We're going to do it. Doesn't that sound like fun? Like, Like, I just think there comes a point in the Christian life when we just, we just do it. So we're actually going to pray evangelism-driven prayers, and then we're actually going to engage our community, and we're going to actually preach the gospel. Because how many of you guys know that if you go out in the community to encourage people, they're going to be encouraged? How many people know if you go out there to pray for people, like people are going to be healed, they're going to, you know. But if you go out into the community and you share the gospel, people will be saved. Even the testimony that I shared right there about chance, I could have encouraged him that day, and he would have encouraged. I could have said, can I pray for you today? And, and, and we could have had a cool moment. But I said, can I share the gospel with you? And, and what happened? He was saved because the power of God is in the gospel. And so when we go on outreach, we're going to lead with the gospel, and we're going to see hundreds of people born again. Okay, I'm going to try that again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to preach over here for a moment because you guys need to repent. We're going to see hundreds of people born again. Okay, let's try. We're going to see hundreds of people born again. Like, if, if that doesn't get you excited, I'm going to break religion off of you today. Because religion just kind of shows up. Don't fan it. S- slow down. Just slow down over there. Go, go do something in the back. Stop. Stop. He's got a little hanky back there. Um... We have got to break out of the routine of coming to church, sitting in our seats on our sitters, and then leaving and doing nothing with what we received. Right? The fivefold ministry is meant to equip you to do the work of ministry. Right? Okay. So, uh, real quickly, we are going to be having so so Aaron Christofferson. You guys know Pastor Aaron. And I co-founded a ministry together called 33rd Company. And we're going to be having an internship that's starting in February. And uh, we're going to have 12 interns, some from Longview, a few from Woodland, and then some from New York and Pennsylvania and other places in the U.S. They're going to come and join us for a six-month journey and be missionaries to Longview. Like, we're going to take time, and we're just going to knock doors. Like, we're going to try to knock every door, like... We're just going to go. We're just going to work our way out. 
and just begin to talk and engage this community. They're coming for six months. Many of them have families, and they're saying, we're just gonna, we're gonna go for it. And so if you have a room, a barn, a manger, a garage with a heater, if you have a place where you could house a missionary, really a missionary, uh, that's gonna be on mission, winning people to the Lord, and you'd like to open up your house for that, you see this handsome guy over here? Well, that's Casey. And then you've got the other handsome guy right behind him. Johnny, can you stand up real quick, Johnny? This is Johnny Box. He's, he's our first intern at 33rd. So he was with us in Texas and then in Florida. He's, he's awesome. Um, but if you have a, a, a place, you could connect with Johnny. And even if you just want more information about what that looks like, please connect with him after the service and we'll get you the information on what it would look like to house a missionary. You will be equally as blessed, right? Because when you take care of a prophet of the Lord, you'll receive the prophet's reward, amen? And so there'll be a reward that comes to your home for doing that. Um, okay, we're, we're gonna be, um, I believe this Friday, we're gonna have um, Friday Night Worship which Aaron, Pastor Aaron, invited the whole church. And he told everybody to be here. So I don't know how that's going to happen. But get here early. Um, but then we're going to shift, and, and we're going to go into uh, nights of specific prayer throughout our fast. And the first night is going to be, you, you might want to write this down, is going to be on the 11th. So it is a Tuesday night. Tuesday night, the 11th at 7 p.m., uh, Johnny and I and, and the team will be here, and we're going to take an hour to pray that Longview shall be saved. We're going to pray. We're going to ask God's heart. We pray four specific prayers. We pray that God will lead us by his spirit. We pray that atmospheres will shift everywhere we go. We pray then that chains will break off of people's lives, right? Because when you're led by the spirit, right, then the atmosphere shifts because we are walking in the kingdom of God and then that's when chains break off of people's lives, right? And then we pray, God, fill the net. So we're gonna be praying those prayers. We're gonna be praying in the spirit and we're gonna be asking God to move in power. So I wanna invite you starting on Tuesday the 11th and then moving forward the 18th and then I believe whatever the next Tuesday is, the 25th. Uh, we're going to do three nights of prayer, and I'd love it if you guys all, all came and gave up an hour. I mean, we're all going to be miserable. I mean, we're all going to be in a great place fasting. I, sorry, that came out wrong. And, and, and you're going to, trust me, you're going to need to be in the presence of God. Unless one, you're one of the one out of a hundred that love to fast. I've got friends like that. They're not my friend anymore. Like I just, I broke that relationship off because it's not good for me. Uh, just avoid me for the first 10 days of the fast. I will be overcoming the grumpies. Like one guy in the back corner is looking at me like, who brought this guy here? Okay, no, we're going we're gonna to keep going. So Tuesday the 11th, and then also write this down or put it in your phone, put it in your calendar even better on the 18th. At 6 o'clock, so from 6 to 7, we're going to do a belong ministry interest uh, night for one hour before we pray where Johnny and I will come here, and it could be three people. It could be the whole room full of people, and we're going to talk to you about what it's going to look like to launch belong in Longview, Kelso, okay? What is belong? Belong is a God-given blueprint to reach the lost 
and disciple people daily. So I was, I was in Texas, and I had a dream, a vision in, 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 as I was sleeping, and God laid out to me a blueprint to engage the lost, see them be saved, discipled, water baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, demons delivered, on fire for Jesus, like strategy from heaven. And so I said, I don't like to like get a theory or a strategy and do nothing with it. So we said, let's start. And so we prayed, my wife and I, and said, okay, because God spoke and said, if you create a net, I'll fill it. If you don't have a net, he can't fill it. What's a net? Net is time and space to disciple new believers, right? The issue with the church in America is we have redefined discipleship. Why have we redefined it? We've redefined it so we can feel good about ourselves when we meet with 15 Christians and read a book about stuff that we should already know and be doing. And we call that discipleship. And then we remove the new believer component. But he said, go and make disciples, not sit and be discipled. So evangelism and discipleship were never meant to be separated. And so we have individuals, leaders, and pastors that go, I'm called to discipleship. Wrong. That's the wrong mindset. I, I was in Seattle. I got invited to a leader's uh, meeting where I was speaking, and I was speaking to a youth pastor, and he goes, God spoke to me and said to, to disciple people. I was like, awesome. Who are you discipling? Four guys. Wow, that's great. Four guys. All right. And, and, and he said, and right across the road is a, is a massive high school with about a 1,000 students in it, but I really felt like I heard God say to focus on the four. Wrong. That was not God. You get, is it all right if I get a little bit, we're just getting warmed up. Like, I'm going to yell at all of you. So if you need to go get earplugs, the security guy out there, he's smart. He's sitting behind the glass and he's still going to get blasted. But that's the wrong mindset. Why don't we have faith to believe God for the whole school and the four? But what happens in the American church is we hire staff pastors We pay our tithe, and then we go, without even knowing that we're doing it, well, that's what the youth pastor does. And so, so, you know, he does that, but me, I don't do that. I have a strong New Testament conviction that all believers are meant to disciple people. And if you want to come to life, disciple somebody. If you want to see a church come to life, disciple somebody and see people that were once atheists or in homosexuality and or, or, or far backslidden from God come into encounter with God. Like there was a guy that came to our belong gathering in a. In Florida, we, we were just there for six months and we saw God move in a, in a powerful way. Why? Because we don't just talk about it. We do it. Right, And so this guy came to our Belong Gathering, and he was sitting there, and, and they sang the first song. We did two quick songs at the Belong Gathering. And, and the second song, he went from being an atheist to a believer without anybody saying a word because he had an encounter with the power of God. Religion won't cut it. God encounters is what we need in Longview. Amen? And so he's sitting there. He has an encounter with God. He goes, I didn't believe when I walked in here. I was an atheist, but I felt fire and electricity go over my body and now I believe 
We gave him his first ever Bible that night and we began to disciple him as he was trying to find the book of Matthew in the Bible. And then we did baptisms that night and he stood there and he watched, okay? He watched uh, people go under the water and come out of the water and, and we wait. People waited 10 days in the upper room to receive the Holy Ghost. Right, we can't wait a minute. We're like, oh, okay, be blessed, be filled. Okay, I gotta go to... So, so we baptize this person. He comes up out of the water and we wait for the Holy Spirit because we don't baptize people in the Holy Spirit and fire. Jesus does, right? And so we're waiting for Jesus to come and do And this guy starts to tremble. And then just starts getting wrecked by the power of God. And that guy's standing there going, I think I need that. And when he saw that conviction hit his heart and he began to confess his sin to me because he saw the kingdom of God. Who's ready to see the kingdom of God? I don't want to talk about it. I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to hear stories about it. I want to see it. And when people see it, they come to life. And so he said, I, I need to have that happen to me next week. And so he comes in and, and uh, the next week and he, he shows up and he, he goes through the whole discipleship uh, program thing. And then it's time for baptisms. He gets in the water. We put him under the water. He comes up. The power of God hits him. He begins to tremble and shake under the presence of God. And he begins to speak in tongues. An atheist, seven days before that, now praying in the Holy Ghost, right? When we got him at Belong, he uh, was, was separated from his wife. His wife kicked him out of the home. He had four or five kids, and since then, they're back together. Come on. You know what he said when he came out of the water? He said, no beep, Pastor Chris. That's powerful. See what? I wish I could say it. If we were around a dining room table, I'd tell you what he said and just love to see your response, especially if you're religious. But anyway, um, one thing I want you to understand is, is the kingdom of God is meant to be seen and heard. It's meant to be felt. When I preach this morning, you're going to feel something deep on the inside of you begin to come alive. But if we're not careful, we think that everything that's going to happen in the kingdom of God is going to happen in two hours on a Sunday morning. So then, you know, well, we got to have baby dedication and, and we've got to have youth Sunday and we've got to have, you know, uh, different services and things. And we try to fit everything in on a Sunday morning at 2 p.m. In two hours. Sorry, you can't do that. The kingdom of God is meant to be happening all week, every day. Every, it's, it's ever expanding. And so what happens is, is oftentimes people have a real encounter with God and they get saved. And then we baptize them five months later at the baptism service. And then they hear about the baptism in the Holy Spirit uh, six years later on a YouTube video. Because we were too scared to tell the new believer about the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues because we didn't want to scare them away. So then they become a closet charismatic and they still are bound with demons and then they're delivered when they eventually die and go to heaven. That's what we've done in America. You want to write? I think? I think people should get saved. I think people should get water baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, delivered and discipled in less than a week. And you know what? 
I'm not here talking to you about a theory. I'm here telling you of the reality of what we are living in and what we are seeing. Our, our teams went out in, in Florida. This happened a few months ago, and we decided that we would do evangelism football on the beach. Somebody had to go, and we said, Lord, here we are. Send us. Trust me, you would have wanted to be on that outreach, except that the most disgusting, awful part about this testimony is Johnny was playing against me, and he caught the winning touchdown. It, and, and, and the even worse, uh, the, the worst part is somebody got a picture of it. So it's a constant reminder. So, so we're out there, and, and I get there. Well, let me just tell you about the journey, about what happened. So we needed a new football because mine was like, the pleather was like falling off of it, and it was just time. Grandpa Watts gave it to me like years ago, and it was just time for a new football. So I thought, well, I'm going to go evangelize at Dick's Sporting Goods. And uh, you ever go to Dick's, and they've got like different classes of balls. Like there's the $10 ball, then there's the $12, then there's the 20 It's like cars, right? So you go in there to spend 10 bucks, but then you walk out with a $200 football because you're like, it's just $5 more. It's just five, right? No? Okay, just Casey. Only Casey understands me. So as we're walking in, there's two ladies that are walking out. And I said, hey, are you guys having a good day? Yeah, yeah, we're having a, a great day. Can I take a minute to share the gospel with you? Sure. Right, the one lady was a, a Catholic, a, really a devout Catholic, had never heard what it meant to be born again had never had a born-again experience, and right there, walking into Dick's Sporting Goods, she's born again, right? And then we, we leave Dick's Sporting Goods, and I needed to get Chick-fil-A because that would empower me when we play, because I was hungry. And so we made our way down to the food court, and when we got down there, there was a lady there standing at the, at the restaurant where we were ordering, and I said, hey, we're just standing here. Could we take two minutes to share the gospel with you? She said, sure. And so... Uh, I, I let the, the girl that was with me, uh, who's practicing, I said, hey, why, why don't you share? And so she begins to share. And about a minute in, I can tell that one of them really wasn't having it. And so I'm thinking, okay, but they both said they were Christians. And then I could tell that there was, there was an older one and the younger one. Well, there was, it was an aunt and then her niece. And so we get to the end and the lady goes, you know, I really have a hard time with what you say because I, I live in a homosexual uh, lifestyle. And and I was like, well, ma'am, I just want you to know that we love you and we care about you, but, but what do you believe about the Bible? And she goes, well, and then she begins to tell me all this stuff. I said, well, I want to be respectful to you, but also love is to tell you the truth. I would like to tell you that, um, that it, it appears that you're creating a God in your own image and likeness. That God's not going to save you. Now, I didn't say it in a rude way or anything, but the spirit in her got so mad, she started to scream at me in the food court at Tyrone Mall. Get him out! Just like yelling at everybody. There was way more people than this in there. They're all looking. And she walks away, and I begin to talk to the aunt who's really born again. But, but the aunt and the family, in the name of love, started to change the gospel, right? Because they were trying to win her with love. You can't change the gospel. The cross demands change, right? But it's got to be truth in love. 
And, and love, like without love, you're a clinging symbol. And everything I said was in love, in the presence and power of God. And the demon in her got very upset and she left. And so we're sitting there eating our food. And 15 minutes later, this lady walks across the food court and points at me and says, I need to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I need to talk to you, right? And she gets right up in my face and she begins to say, do you think I want to be like this? Do you think I want to live this way? Do you, do you think that I don't want this? I hate my life. I want to kill myself. Why? Because an individual lived on mission, spoke the truth in love. The presence and the power of God came. And somebody who was living in sin was beginning to be transformed by the presence and the power of God. She allowed me to take her hand. I began to pray over her that God would break this off of her life. Right? This is just right after. Oh, actually, in between that, uh, from in between Dick's and the food court, there was another guy that we stopped. And in three minutes, he was born again. Saved. Right? So then we get in the car and we drive to the beach. And when we get to the beach, this is normal. This is what I want you to understand. This is normal. This is how we're meant to live every day of our life. Now, I understand there's, there's two, and we're going to get to it in a moment, but there's, there's two major lies that people believe within uh, the church. Number one is, well, I'm not gifted. Well, Chris is gifted different than I am. No, 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 listen. There's three different categories of gifts in the Bible. The first category is your motivational gift. When you're born again, the Father gives you a motivational gift, and that is the way in which you see the kingdom of God. You get one motivational gift. The second category of gifting is the fivefold ministry, and that gifting is Jesus. You have the Father, motivational gifts. Jesus gives the fivefold ministry gifts to the body of Christ. Not everybody is a fivefold minister of the gospel. Okay? All right. So we have prophets, we have apostles, we have evangelists and teachers. So you may say, I'm an evangelist. Okay, great. Then what's my role? One time, a, a lady, a pastor from Vancouver, she, she wrote, um, I, I wrote a, a thing on Facebook about get out there and share your faith. And, and she responded with this. Well, I'm really glad that there are other five-fold ministry gifts in the body of Christ. She says, what's your definition of an evangelist? I said, that's very easy. The evangelist's job, starting with the pastor, which you are, it's my job to get you to share your faith. And by the way, I'm not talking about evangelism or the evangelist today. I'm talking about apostolic ministry. Right? Because apostolic ministry is going, right? Paul, Peter, going, sharing the gospel as missionary evangelists in cities that needed to hear it, right? And then they would be born again and transformed and the kingdom of God would come. So this isn't, we put outreach over here and we go, that's for the evangelist. But ultimately, this message today is apostolic, getting you back onto the core of what Jesus has called you to do. He's called you to go and make disciples. He didn't say go and create, make a creative marketing team for the church and 
He didn't say, you know, we need to make sure that we have the security guard and we need to make sure we have the kids ministers. And, you know, when Jesus sent out the 72, he didn't say this. He didn't say, okay, listen, um, your, your hospitality, so you go over here and make dinner. And uh, you're uh, the worship team, so go to worship practice. And you're the security team, so get secure. And then you're scared. So you're scared, so you go hide in the corner. And, and you, you, you're called to do outreach, so go on outreach. Did he do that with 72? He sent them all out. And I believe, thank God for worship teams. Thank God for security and production and creative teams. All of that's great, but we're trying to build the church. And Jesus said, all build the church, you make disciples. So we've changed our church growth strategy into a marketing strategy and not a go and make disciples strategy. I hope you guys are okay this morning because I'm just going to keep swinging because I don't got another message. This is all I got. I read the Bible in like 60 days and this is what I came out with. The original call never changed. We're meant to expand the kingdom of God. So we get to the beach, and when we get to the beach, Aiden, my cousin, and Josh are standing there talking to a guy named Naeem, who is not a believer, has no grid for Christianity. They lead him to the Lord in about a five to ten minute conversation. They get his information, and uh, we go about playing football, and he's staying there, like he stayed there and kind of watched, and then, and then we, as, we're, as we leave, he leaves with us. We're talking to him and sharing with him. And that was on a Thursday. Now, fast forward to Saturday. There's a million people in this county. I'm at a park across the city, a completely different park, all right? And I see two guys out playing catch with a football. And I thought, no better way to share than go out there and play catch and then invite them to church. So I go out there and I begin to share with with this. uh, I go out there and begin to play with them. And then I share about church. And this guy looks at me, his name's Naeem, he goes, wait a minute, you, you were at the beach on Thursday. I was the guy that got saved. You can't make this up. I said, man, you got to, he goes, oh, I'm definitely coming now. So he comes to church on Sunday, and at the, at the call for salvation, he quickly gets out of his seat, walks up to the front. We call it the double tap. Like they get saved in the field and they get double tapped. It's like this guy is doubly saved. Like, right? So he comes forward. He gets saved, right? And then that next day is, is uh, sorry, a couple days later is our Belong gathering. And he shows up at Belong, right? He gets water baptized, comes out of the water, praying in the Holy Spirit. Life completely transformed. Right When I left, he had been saved for about a month, and when I left Generation Church, there was a line of people waiting to say goodbye to me at the end of each one of the services. He stood patiently in line, and he stood before me, just eyes transformed, saying, thank you so much. I love Jesus. Just amazing, right? There are thousands of people in this city that are ready for God. I mean, we, we were praying one day, and uh, this just happened a couple months ago, and, and we just went out, uh, and, and Johnny knocked on a door, and, and a guy comes to the door named, what, what was his name, Tyrell? Tyrell. And, and he was so hungry for God that he got saved by himself in his house two weeks before that. And on his own, he was fasting and had been fasting for three days.
He's so hungry. This city is ready for an encounter with God. And at the end of worship, I walked across the street. I, I saw a person. I couldn't help myself. And, and I walked across the street and I said, I just want you to know God bless you. And she goes, I need God to bless me. I said, well, I pray a blessing over you in the name of Jesus. This city is ready for an encounter with God. So, so they have a conversation with, with uh, Terrell. And, and we're about a quarter of the way through our belong gathering that day. And I'll never forget it. The door opens and he walks through the door and goes over and takes a seat. We met him a couple hours before that. And that evening we baptized him in water. Because God is just looking for a people that would say yes. And the moment that we create a net, he'll fill it. But I'm telling you, the Sunday morning net is good, but it's not the best. Sunday morning is us equipping you to do the work of ministry, and then the rest of the week we do the ministry. I didn't come here to minister to you today. I came here to equip you today. I came here, and, and I hope that, that when, when you leave today, you think, I got to tell somebody about Jesus. I've got to do something with what God's given me. Okay, so, so, so you have this, this idea of I'm not gifted. Well, I'm not gifted is the biggest demonic lie ever. Because there's a third category of gifting. So you have motivational giftings, you have the fivefold ministry giftings, and then you have the gift of the Holy Spirit giftings. Right, these are the nine manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so when you say you're not gifted, you're saying that God hasn't gifted you with the Holy Ghost. But listen, the same Spirit, right, that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And you are just as gifted as I am. Because you have been gifted the greatest gift of all. And by the way, that gift, Holy Spirit, has a name and his name is God. So God, Jesus, he said, I want, I'm coming to baptize you in God, fully immerse you in God. What would it look like tomorrow to wake up and be fully filled and consumed with God? Fear? Anxiety? Worry? Depression? You're, listen, salvation, you get God in you for you. Baptism in the Holy Spirit, you get Jesus on you for others. And we need a fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, what we're going to do today, um, I really felt that th specifically this service, um, I, we haven't gotten to the second service yet, so I don't know what's fully going to happen there. But, but, but I felt specifically this morning that we're going to pray for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit this morning. You guys need to be clothed in the power of God. You need to understand that this thing, going and making disciples, has nothing to do with your strength. It has everything to do with his strength. And there is a river that you can get in in God that carries you into encounters with people. And people will truly be transformed. I remember we were, as we were driving across the United States, we were in a, in, in a mall getting, getting dinner. We, we, our, our hotel was near a mall. And, and, and we, we walk in and this guy walks by me as I'm just standing there. And I said, hey, can I buy you some food? And he, start, he, he comes over, he stands by me. And as we're standing in line, he's getting delivered of demonic spirits. You could see him leaving him. I mean, Johnny was there. He could witness it. We led him to the Lord. We prayed for him. He got born again. 
but you could see, I looked him in his eyes because the eyes are the lamp of the body. What's in you, you can see, right? A lamp reflects. So where do you see demons? Right in the eyes. A lamp reflects, right? And so he gets, he gets set free almost by accident. When you begin to step into this river of the Holy Spirit, things just begin to happen. I'm going to tell you one more story. We were at an outreach and we were at Sam's Club. And while we were at Sam's Club, there was a guy in the parking lot. I began to share with him and he, um, he began to, like he was open, but he's like, I'm not ready today. I said, okay, okay, great. And, and moved on, kept sharing with more people. And now fast forward about a month and a half later, we're out in a county of one million people, okay? And one of our, our ladies was like, we need to go to this street. And so I'm there on that street and the third or fourth house, I walk up to the house and there's a guy sitting on the front porch. It was the guy from Sam's Club. He says, I know you. You talk to me about Jesus at Sam's Club. I said, yeah, I remember you, right? We share the gospel with him. He gets born again on his front porch. That's incredible. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited right now. Like you have no idea. Just telling you these stories. This is what we're gonna step into. So belong, you know, what, what is belong gonna look like? Belong is going to look like here on Tuesday nights, we're going to gather from here until the return of Jesus. We're going to gather, right? Tuesday nights at 6.30. This is starting in February, so we're doing prayer first, starting in February. We're going to gather here at 6.30, and we're going to pray. We're going to pray, Jesus, lead us by your Spirit. We're going to pray, God, as you lead us, shift atmospheres. Let people get transformed. And when, when, when atmospheres shift, I pray, Holy Spirit, the chains will fall off of people. And God, we have created space and time for you. We've created the net, fill it. And we're going to pray that every single Tuesday. And then we're actually going to get over our fear, which by the way, fear is a demonic spirit. So when I sense fear, I get really excited because on the other side of that fear is gold, right? And so we're going to, we're going to pull you, push you, shove you, shout you, kick you through fear, drag you if need be through it because fear will rob you of kingdom activity. And then we're going to go out into the community. And I believe in the next year or two, we could knock on every door in this city. There's an app that when you go to a door, you can, you can drop a pin and you could do five doors, 10 doors, 20 doors. And we're going to begin to canvas this city for Jesus. But then this is the beautiful thing. We're going to pray and then we're going to go on outreach. But the goal is not going on outreach. The goal is discipleship. And so, right, outreach is going to start at 7 p.m. And there'll be an outreach leader that's taking people out, whether it be five or it be 500. It doesn't matter. We go with the same intensity. There were some days it was just Johnny and I. It's amazing what you can do with three or four people. You can begin to turn a city over. And so then we're going to go on outreach at seven. But when we begin to see people get saved, which is going to happen, people are going to get saved because I'm going to preach the gospel until people get saved. There are some days we go out and we say, we're going to go out until somebody gets born again. I'm not going to stop until somebody gets saved. 
We did that in Bend. I told the pastor just a week ago, I was like, hey, we're going to go out and somebody's going to get saved. And if not, I'm going to keep going. It's going to happen. The third door. I said, hey, can I share the gospel? He says, come in. He sits me down. I sit down. I'm like, can I share the gospel? Yep. He says, tell me. I said, are you born again? No, but I'm really close. <laughs> it's so amazing. No, but I'm really close. I said, do you have a Bible? He goes into his room, gets a, a Bible. He brings it out to me, hands it to me. I open it up to John 3, read John 3 to him. He gets born again, radically saved, tears in his eyes. Why? Because I went. Because I did something with what God gave me. I went for it. I'm not going to stop. If I never saw another person saved again, I would give my life to preach the gospel because it's what he's told me to do. We're going to see all these seats filled up. And if you don't like what I'm preaching, then you can leave because we need your seat. If you want to be religious, there's probably 50 religious churches you can go to in Longview. Have fun doing nothing but complaining and having opinions about things that you don't even walk out. If you don't like it, I'm sorry, you're wrong. I love you, but the reality is this church is going to expand the kingdom of God in Longview. And we're going to see hundreds of people saved. But it's going to take some grit. It's going to take some intensity. It's going to take perseverance and pushing through and saying, you know what? The original call never changed. It hasn't changed. And if Jesus said, go and make disciples, I'm going to go and I'm going to make disciples. And I may ruffle some religious feathers. I'm way over that. My friend Casey has discipled me for years. Every time I'd preach, I'd say, I'm sorry. He'd say, quit saying you're sorry. Quit saying you're sorry. Just go for it. I finally believed him, so I'm not sorry. I'm just being honest. Opinions and theories don't change the world. It doesn't matter what your end time theology is. It's probably wrong. Right? The religious Pharisees and Sadducees thought they had the first coming figured out. And then he came. And they crucified him. There's a reason why there's not a lot of details. There's a reason why it says he knows the day and the time. There's a reason why it says you can hasten the coming of the Lord. As people sit over here and split hairs on end time theology and split churches over it, I'm going to be over here breaking chains, hastening the coming of the Lord preaching the gospel and expanding the kingdom of God. If you want to live in theory, go for it. As for me, I'm going to live in the kingdom of God. You want to know what my end time theology is? When we preach the gospel of the kingdom to all nations, he'll return. I'm a pan-millennialist. It's all going to pan out in the end. There you go. That's what I am. If that offends you, you can get set free. Because we can spend hours and decades studying things that don't even matter. And day by day by day, we're walking past people that are dying and going to hell. But we're worried and getting offended about that stuff and not doing what he's told us to do. Will you guys stand with me? I didn't preach any of my notes this morning, but I kind of had a feeling that that was going to happen. I'll be better next time.
maybe. The title of the message this morning was Go, Grow, and Truly Know. If you never go, you will never grow and you will never truly know. All you'll have is a theory. And theories have never saved anybody. Never saved a person. All they do is split, divide, and and, and cause destruction. What we need is the kingdom of God and the reality of God coming into this city. Amen? I got a little bit excited this morning. I'm really pretty calm most of the time. And then I then I'm not calm. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna if we can just bring the lights down a little bit. We're gonna take a moment and we're gonna go into worship. And then I, I really felt this morning that there was gonna be a fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit. This has nothing to do with me. This has everything to do with Him. It's not about us laying hands on you. It's about Him touching you and filling you. What I believe happened this morning is as I was preaching, I believe that there were some, if not many, that were beginning to feel this fire almost like begin to turn on the inside of them. That's the Holy Spirit inviting you into a life that is on mission. And you need to receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And, and if, you've, if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to be rebaptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So what we're going to do in the moment, we're going to open up the altar so maybe we can move this out of here. And, and what we're going to do is, if you're hungry, it's, it's not even about coming forward. You can stay right there and say, God, I'm hungry. But we're going to ask him to come and to baptize us fresh in the Holy Spirit. Amen? I am not about hype. I'm not about emotionalism. I am not about, oh man, we had an altar full of people. I'm about lives being impacted and marked by the baptism in the Holy Spirit of fire. Why? Because Jesus said that he will come and he will baptize in the Holy Spirit and fire. There's three distinctly different baptisms in the Bible. The first one is salvation. When you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you are saved. In that moment, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. You're saved. The second baptism is water baptism. That is where a disciple baptizes another disciple in water and they come out of the water a new creation. Right in the Old Testament, there was the blood Passover over the doorpost. That is salvation. There was the Red Sea crossing. That is water baptism. There's many Christians that have been saved and they've been water baptized and delivered, but they're living in a wilderness. They say things like this, I'm just going through a dry season. How can you go through a dry season if you're filled with God? And we say these religious phrases to make ourselves feel better about our complacency and our lack of hunger for God. And so there are hundreds of thousands of Christians that have been saved. They've been water baptized and they're wandering in the desert, but there's another baptism, right? The Jordan River, right? When they cross over into the promised land. And that baptism is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Why in, not of? Because the Holy Spirit isn't doing the baptizing. Jesus is. This is where Jesus baptizes the believer in the Holy Spirit and you become consumed with God and fear is broken off of your life. 
right? The baptism in the Holy Spirit is not unto a good church service. It's unto you going and being a witness for Jesus. Amen? So if you're here and you want to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we're going to open up the altar in a moment, and you, or you can stay in your seats and you can just lift your hands, and we're going to begin to pray that God will come in fire and that you will begin to encounter His presence. Just yesterday, on New Year's Day, I, I had the privilege of baptizing somebody in Merwin. We walked through snow and ice to get to the water. This guy was ready to be baptized just yesterday. And so we went up there and, and, and as we were praying for him to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, he began to tangibly feel and encounter the kingdom of God coming as he's standing there in shorts and a Hawaiian t-shirt about ready to go into the Arctic waters. We pulled him up out of the water. Listen, it wasn't cold. It was, it was a temperature called painful just lit on fire for God, but he encountered the presence and the power of God on a shore in the snow, so surely you'll encounter his presence here, amen? So if that's you, if you're here and you're saying you need a fresh touch, I want you to either raise your hand or you can come to the altar, whatever you want to do, and we're going to begin to pray. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you will come and you will baptize in the Holy Spirit and with fire. God, I pray that people in this room would begin to encounter the presence and the power of God like they never have before. God, I pray for an increase. Holy Spirit, I pray that you come. Lord, you showed me that this group of people, that they were hungry, that they were willing, that they were desiring the kingdom of God. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you come right now and you land on them with your fire. Come and clothe them with power. Come and clothe them in power. Come and clothe them in power, God. Come in fire. Come in fire. Come in fire. Come, Holy Spirit. Break off religion. Break off theory. Break off complacency. Come, Holy Spirit, and have your way in Longview. Have your way in these families. Have your way in these lives. Holy Spirit, come. 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 Have your way. Do it here. Do it now. Do it here. Do it now, God. Do it now. God, I pray that hunger would begin to happen all over the room. God, I pray that fear would break off of people's lives. God, I pray that you come and you have your way. Come and have your way. Come and have your way, Holy Spirit. Come and have your way. Every religious spirit, every religious devil, every religious thing, we tell it to go right now in Jesus' name. Every religious theory and idea and thought that exalts itself above God Almighty, we tell it to go right now in Jesus' name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come, Holy Spirit. Come in fire. Come in fire. Come in power. Come in power. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We will be undignified for you. We will run after you. We don't care what anybody says. We don't care what anybody thinks. God, we are saying yes to you. We are saying yes to your call. Come, Holy Spirit. And Holy 